We are on Daf Lamed Hay Amad Aleph, 35a, at the end of the 10th line. We learned yesterday that if your Erov is in a Migdal and you lost the key, it is a good Erov, according to the Tanakhama. And we asked, why is it a good Erov? If it's locked in a Migdal, then it is in, it is in one Rishasayachid, and you are in a different Rishasayachid. And Rav and Shmuel answered that it was talking about a migdal of bricks, which, according to Rabbi Meir, you can dismantle or break a hole in on Yamta. And it was talking about Yamta. Now we have a different explanation of the Mishnah. Rabba Rav Yosef, Rabba and Rav Yosef both say, Ha'cha b'migdal shal No, we're talking about a wooden migdal, some kind of large piece of furniture. The Mar Savar Kilihu, the one who holds that it's a good Eruv, holds it's a kelihu, there's no binyan or stira, building or destruction when it comes to kelim, at least not doraisa, and therefore you're allowed to break open this migdal to get to your eruv, and it's a good eruv. Umar Savar and Rabbi Eliezer holds ohelhu, that it is an ohel, it is a building, and therefore you would not be allowed to access it on Shabbos, because you could not break it down, it would be a malacha of binyan or stira. And it is the same machlokas as the following tanai. Ditznan, we learn the Mishnah. If a Zav banged his fist in a glove against a Shidati Valmidal and moved them, they are Tame. If the Zav moves something even without touching it, then it is Tame. That's why I said he has a glove, Rashi points out, because otherwise it would be Tameh when he touches it. Rabbi Nehemia, Rabbi Shimon and Tarin, Rabbi Nehemia and Rabbi Shimon say, it is Tahor. My love, Vahakam Yipalgi, are they not arguing about the following? Mar Savar Mikelihu, the ones who say that it becomes Tameh, hold that a Migdal is a vessel, not a building. Mar Savar Ohelhu, and the one who says it does not become Tameh, holds it is an Ohel, it is a building, and buildings cannot become Tameh. Amar Abaye, Abaye said, V'tispra, could you really think that? V'atanya, what we learned in Abraisa, Ohel v'nisat Tameh, Klebe no nisat Tahar. Abraisa says, an Ohel which moves is Tameh, if it moves when a Zav touches it, it's Tameh. Kele v'no nisat Tahar. If it's a Kele, and it doesn't move, either because it's very heavy, or it's nailed in place, it's Tahar. And I said, when a Zav touches it, I should have said, when a Zav touches it, through something else, because again, if he touches it, it would be tummy. Uktani Seifa, and in the Seifa it says, Vimayuni Sotin Tmeim, that if they move, they are Tamei, Zakhal, this is the rule, Nisat Machmat Kochot Tamei, if it moves because of his direct force, it is Tamei, Machmat Ra'ada, if he moves because he, it, if it moves because he causes the earth to shake, he jumps up and down so that the floor shakes and the huge break front moves, Tahor. Is Tahar. You see that they are not distinguishing between an Ohel and a Kli. They're distinguishing between whether it moves, be it Ohel or Kli, and whether it doesn't move, be it Ohel or Kli. Not like Rabba and Rav Yosef explain. Ella Amar Abaye, rather Abaye says, Zikoli Amar Heset Machmat Kocho Tameh. Everyone holds that if it moves because of his direct force, it is Tameh. Machmat Rada Tahor. Everyone holds that if it moves because he causes the floor to shake, it's Tahar. 
what are they arguing about here? We're talking about where it shook because of his direct force. It didn't move. It didn't move in relation to the ground, but it shook. And this is what they're arguing about. The Mar Savar Havi has said. The one who says it's Tame says that is considered moving. And the one who says it is Tahor says that is not considered moving. And what is our Mishnah talking about? Since it's not a machlokas about whether the Migdal is a Kali or an Ohel, Abai Virava, the Aritavayu, Abai and Rava both said, the case is where the lock is tied shut with a rope. And you need a knife to cut the rope. Raviosi holds that all kalim may be moved on Shabbos except for a large saw and the blade of a plow. And therefore, you could bring a knife to cut the rope and get to the Eru. Rabbi Eliezer, Sabra la Kirvi Nechemia, and Rabbi Eliezer holds a Kirvi Nechemia, Damar, Afilu Talit, Afilu Tarvad, Eni Talin, Elat Zorf Tashmishan. Rabbi Nechemia holds that even a garment, and even a ladle, may only be used as a garment or a ladle. According to Rabbi Nechemia, you could not, for example, bring a hammer to smash walnuts. You could not use your car keys to scratch an itch. Uh, or anything like that. And you could not use a knife to cut a rope, because knives are made for cutting bread and meat, not for cutting ropes. That's how Rashi learns. Other Rishonim learn that even Rabbi Nehemiah would permit using a knife for any cutting purpose, such as cutting a rope, and rather the case here is where you don't have a rope, and you need an axe to cut the rope. Rabbi Nehemiah says, since axes are not made for cutting ropes, therefore you could not do it on Shabbos, and it would follow that your Erov is not a good Erov because you cannot break open the rope that has the lock tied shut to get to your Erov. Mishnah. If your Erov rolled outside Tchom, you put your Erov 2,000 Amos away from your house, and it rolled beyond the 2,000 Amos, or an afalalav gal, or a pile of stones, either either an avalanche or a collapsed building fell on it, onisraf, or your Erev got burnt up, or trumavni tmeit, your Erev was truma and it became tmeah, and truma, which is tmeah, is not allowed to be eaten. So if it happened, mibaodyom ino eruv. If it happened when it was still day, it's not a good Erev, because when Shabbos started, you had no Erev. If it happened after dark, then it is a good Eruv. If there's a doubt, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda say that he is like a donkey driver, meaning he doesn't have an Eruv. Rashi explains that when you drive a donkey, you stand behind it and you prod it with a stick. When you drive a camel, you stand in front of it and hold the rope. If you are driving both a camel and a donkey, you need to be looking forwards and backwards. Similarly, a person ordinarily has 2,000 amos in each direction from his house. If he makes an Eruv 2,000 amos to the east, he now has 4,000 amos to the east of his house and zero amos to the west of his house. By making an Eruv Tumen, you do not get more territory, you just recenter your territory. 
So he now has 4,000 Amos to the east and zero to the west. If he has a Suffolk, whether he has an Eruv or not, he cannot go 4,000 Amos to the east because maybe he doesn't have an Eruv. And he cannot go 2,000 Amos to the west because maybe he does have an Eruv. So all he has is the territory between his house and where the Eruv is supposed to be, which is 2,000 Amos to the east, zero to the west, and no more than 2,000 Amos to the east. So he has to look both ways. He's like a donkey driver slash camel driver. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Amrim, Safek, Eruv, Kasher. And Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon say, a Safek, Eruv, is Kasher. Amr, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, Avtumus, Eid, Mishum, Chamishan, Zkinim, Al Safek, Eruv, Shikasher. That Avtumus testified in the name of five Zkinim that the Eruv, that a Safek, Eruv, is Kasher. And the Gemara will explain the significance of that testimony. The Gemara says, If it rolled outside the Tchum, it's not a good Eruv. Amar Rava, Rava says, That's only if it rolled beyond four Amos, beyond the 2,000 Amos. But if it's still within the four Amos, it's a good Eruv, because on a 10 Eruv, when you place the Eruv, you acquire four Amos. So if you put your Eruv at the edge of 2,000 Amos, you acquired four Amos, which means you really have a little more than 2,000 Amos. And if the Eruv rolls, but it's still in those four Amos, it's still a good Eruv. Now, follow up, Gal, if a pile of stones fell on it, etc., you would have thought, that if he wants, he could get the Eruv out of the pile of stones by picking up the stones one at a time and moving them, which is only a Malachad Rabbanan. So it should be permitted, because we learned, like Rebbe, that a malacha, which is only Asher Midrabanan, is permitted, so let us say our Mishnah is not like Rebbe, because if it was according to Rebbe, Rebbe says anything which is only prohibited Midrabanan was not decreed, it's not prohibited, and therefore, it should be a good Eruv, because you could move the stones. And our answer is, even if you say it's according to Rebbe, it's talking about a case where you need a shovel and a pick to move the stones, and that's a Malacha Doraisa, and it would not be permitted. The Ritva says that if it's indoors, it's a Malacha of Bone, and if it's outdoors, it's a Malacha of Choresh, of plowing. And I need both cases, the case of the avalanche and the case of rolling away. If it rolled, if I had only the case of rolling away, I would say that it's because it's not there anymore. But if a pile of stones fell on it and it's still there, it's still where you are, where you want it to be, it should be a good Eruv. And if I had only the case where a pile of stones fell on it, I would say because it's covered, it's not accessible. But if it rolled out of the zika, sometimes a wind will come with my and bring it back. It should be a good Eruv. Therefore, I need both cases. The Mishnah then said, or it was burnt, or or it was truma and it became tmea. Why did it need to teach me the case of being burnt? 
is to tell me how far Rabbi Yossi goes that even though it no longer exists, he still permits it if it is a suffix, whether it existed during Benesh Mashas. Trumavani Tmeit, why do I need a case of Truma that became Tmeya? To tell me how far Rabbi Meir goes, that even though it still exists, and you might say that it had a chazaka, it had a presumption of being Tahar, because it once was Tahar, and we don't know when it became Tameh, so we should say that Bein Hashmashos, it has a chazaka of being Tahar. Nevertheless, Rabbi Meir says that it's no good. Gemara asks, the Sava Rabbi Meir speak on Chumrah? Does Rabbi Meir really hold that a suffix drabanan goes l'chumrah? Erev tchumin is a mitzvah drabanan. So why is he machmir? Vatnan, we learned in the Mishnah, Tamei Rabbi Kvo, if a Tamei person went to the mikvah, safek taval, safek lo taval, he's not sure whether he immersed or not. Vafilo taval, even if he knows he immersed, safek taval, ba'arvayim seah, safek lo taval, ba'arvayim seah, He's not sure whether the mikvah had 40 seah, the measure that a mikvah needs to have, 40 seah of water or not. Or there were two mikvahs next to each other. One has 40 seah and one does not have 40 seah. The taval, and he immersed, one of them, he doesn't know in which one he immersed. So if he then touched truma or kodshin, out of doubt, they are tamay. What is the case? If he had a tuma that was strict, meaning doraisa, about tuma kala, but if he only had a light tuma, a drabanan tuma, kigon shachalo chalim tmein. For example, he ate something tame, the shatamashkin tmein, or he drank something tame, which makes him tame drabanan, because the chachamim wanted to make sure he would not put truma into his mouth with something tame. So they said, if you eat something tame, you are tame. Or someone whose head and most of his body went into tap water, drawn water, as opposed to rain water. That makes you tame midrobanan, taking a bath or going swimming. Or if three lugim of water fell on his head and the majority of his body, that also makes the person tame midrobanan. And the reason is because people used to, after they went to the mikvah, the mikvahs were slimy water sometimes, so people would go take baths or showers, and then they got confused, and they thought that the bath through the shower is what made you tar. So the Chachamim made a decree that if you take a bath or a shower after going to the mikvah, you are tame again, midrabana. Safek taval, safek lo taval. So in such a case, I'm sorry, I skipped two words, and then he went to the mikvah. After having this Tumadurabana, he went to the mikvah. If he's not sure whether he went to the mikvah or not, he doesn't remember. Or even if he knows he went to the mikvah, maybe it, the mikvah had 40 seah, maybe the mikvah did not have 40 seah. Or two mikvahs adjacent to each other, one of them has 40 seah and one of them does not have 40 seah. The taval bachat mihen, and he immersed in one of them. He doesn't know in which one he immersed. So the safek is tahor because it's only a iser drabanan. And Rabbi Yossi, the Tamei, and Rabbi Yossi says he's Tamei. But you see, 
that the Stam Mishnah, which presumably is Rabbi Meir, says that Safek Drabanan Lakula. So how come in the case of Eruv Tchumin, he was Machmir? Gemara answers, Rabbi Meir holds Tchumin are Doraisa. Gemara says, really? The Savar of Meir Tchumin Doraita? Does Rabbi Meir really hold Tchumin are Doraisa? That's not what we learned in the Mishnah. If you cannot swallow up the cavity, if you're measuring the tchum, the tchum has to be measured with a rope, which is 50 amos long, not more and not less. There's a picture on page 119 of Parish Chai relating to Daf Nunchesam and Aleph, picture number 76. So you have a canyon next to the city or a crater next to the city. If at some point, it's less than 50 amos wide. So you measure at that point, and you stretch the rope straight across, even though if you would go downhill or uphill, it would be more than 50 amos, but straight across is only 50 amos. In But if you cannot swallow it up in that fashion, the in such a case, Rabbi Dostai said that, that was Rabbi Dostai, the son of Rabbi Yanai said, Mar asked, Gemara asks, the Savar Rabbi Meir, Tchumin Doraisa, does Rabbi Meir really hold Tchumin Doraisa? That's not, but we learned in the Mishnah. In Enya Cholahavliya, Gemara asks, the Savar Rabbi Meir, Tchumin Doraisa, does Rabbi Meir really hold the Tchumin Ar Doraisa? The Gemara is going to ask a question from Mishnah on Daf Nonchet. By way of background, you need to know that the Erev Tchumin I'm sorry, that the Tchum Shabbos was measured using a rope that was 50 amos long. And the Mishnah says, there's a picture of this on page 119 in the pair of the Parish High, picture number 76, that if you have a crater or canyon adjacent to the city, if it's narrow enough that you could get a rope of 50 amos across it, you measure straight across. Even though if you would go down the slope and back up the slope, it would be more than 50 amos, but we allow you to measure straight across. If you cannot get a rope of 50 amos across it, so the Mishnah says, Tznan, if you cannot swallow it up with a rope of 50 amos, regarding this, Rabbi Dostai said in the name of Rabbi Meir, Shamati, I heard, that you pierce the mountain. We'll discuss exactly what piercing means when we get there. The Daf Nunchet, but as you see in picture 76 in the Parish High, it can mean that you step down the slope and back up, holding a rope horizontally, not parallel to the earth, holding it horizontally as if you were measuring straight across, which comes out to a big leniency. If you held Tchumin Ardoraisa Mimikadrin, could you use the piercing method? Nachman said that Rabbi Barvua said, we don't use the piercing method when measuring the tchum of Ir Miklat, which protects a an accidental murderer just like the Ir Miklat itself does, and not when measuring the nearest city to a corpse for purposes of Egla Rufa, because they are Doraisa. When you're talking about a Doraisa, we do not use the piercing method we measure the actual distance, not, so to speak, as the crow flies. And by by measuring Tchum Shabbos, Rabbi Meir said, we use the piercing method. 
Gemara answers, Lokasha. Hadidei, Hadirabe, not Akasha. That which Rabbi Meir said we use the piercing method is the opinion of his Rabbeim that hold that Erekumen is Drabanan. And Rabbi Meir himself holds that Erekumen is Doraisa, and therefore he is strict in our Mishnah. Dekanami, you can infer this from the Mishnah itself. Kitani, Bezo, Amar Rabbi Dostai, Baryana, Mishum Rabbi Meir, Shamati, Shemakadim, Baharim, Shamina. Rabbi Dostai, Baryana said, in the name of Rabbi Meir, I heard that you pierce the mountains, meaning I heard it, and I don't hold that way. Gemara continues to ask Kashas about this. Barami Doraita Adoraita of Rabbi Meir. Well, I will show you a contradiction between two Doraita cases according to Rabbi Meir. Ditznan, who we learn in Mishnah, Nagab Echad Valayla, if a Ruvain touched a body at night, touched a person at night, and he doesn't know if the person is living or dead, Ulamachar, and the next day, he finds the person dead. Rabbi Meir says he's Tahar. The person had a presumption of being alive at the time he was touched. say that when it comes to Toma, we always make the determination based on the status at the time that we find the question. And the time we found the question, the person was dead. So you see that Rabbi Meir is lenient even regarding a Doraisa. Why in our Mishnah is he strict? Amar Rabbi Yirmiya, Mishnah Tenu, Shaya Alea Sheretz Kovenishmashat. Our Mishnah is talking about where there was a Sheretz on the Truma during all Venishmashos. So it is certainly Tame. Mara asks, If so, how did Rabbi Yossi say a Suffolk Arab is Kasher? It's not a Suffolk. Mar ans Rabbi Rav Yosef Zamitavaya Rabban Rav Yosef both said Hacha Bishtekite Edim Askina. We're talking about where there are two sets of witnesses arguing about when the Sheretz touched the Truma. One says that it became Tame during the day, and the other says it became Tame after dark. If it became Tame during the day, it was Truma Tameya, and there was never a good arrow. If it became Tame after dark, then it was a good Eruv, because the Truma was Tahora when Shabbos began, during Ben Hashmashos. Rabbi Yossi holds that the two sets of Edim can cancel each other out, there are, as if there are no Edim at all, and the Truma has a Chazaka, that, a presumption that it was Tahor, and when you put it down, it was Tahor, and therefore it's a good Eruv. Rabbi Meir says that since there is a group of witnesses that is arguing with the Chazaka and saying that it became Tameh before Shabbos started. Therefore, there is no Chazaka that the Truma is Sahara, and we cannot follow the Chazaka, and therefore the Eruv is no good. In contrast, in the case where someone touched a body during the night and in the morning it was found dead, the person had a Chazaka of being alive. There are no Adim to contradict that Chazaka. All we know is that he's dead now. There are no Adim who say he was dead all along, and therefore, in that case, Rabbi Meir says the person who touched the person or body that's now a dead body is Tahar. Rava Amar, turning to the top of Lamed Vavaman Aleph, Rava says that even if there were two witnesses who argue with each other, Hatam Lekula, in the case of the a dead body, there are two chazakos that would cause us to be lenient. One, the person who died has a, had a chazaka of being alive before, 
And two, the person who touched him had a chazaka of being tahor before. Therefore, even if there were two sets of witnesses arguing about when he died, we would be lenient. In the case of the sheretz on the truma, there's only one chazaka, i.e. the chazaka that the truma was tahora. And since there are witnesses arguing about it, we could not follow that chazaka.